Hello, everyone. Welcome to a to oh, I'm sorry, Thursday edition of the MSP Initiative Live. Uh, we are actually live here in Columbus, Ohio, on the Channel Strong Tour, uh, or at least this week of it. So, uh, without further ado, I'll um, get into um, some housekeeping, and then we'll go in. We'll see where we go. So. Uh, MSPinitiative.com under sessions. This session and every other session is available and will be available in podcast and video format. So it's all there. It's all live. Some good stuff there. It goes back to um, hopefully March of 2020. So plenty of good, good pieces there. Um, right now, we're again on the Channel Strong Tour. So, you know, we're on week two of eight. They're not consecutive, I promise, but we are touching a lot of parts of America. So if you happen to be um, in any one of these cities for the rest of the year, uh, we'd love for you to join us. Um, well, I think we were just about done booking MSP hosts in all of those cities, especially on the tail end. Uh, but yeah, we're in week two. So we have Columbus today, Cincinnati tomorrow. And then uh, you can see the rest of the year is there. So if you're anywhere along the way, we'd love to, uh, we'd love for you to come out if you're an MSP. Um, you can actually register, um, I think, for the next round, which is Chicago, Grand Rapids, Indianapolis, Lexington, and Nashville. And if you happen to be in Cincinnati area or Columbus area today, uh, feel free to throw your name in the hat there, and we will make sure you um, you get an invite. So we do check these. Um, going to be posting spa, um, giveaways uh, shortly, right? So our vendors kind of jump together and give us um, things to get throw together. We just haven't updated that for this year. So stay tuned. Um, and then um, I know we're still early in the year-ish, but um, on, in Q3 and Q4, uh, you'll see that we will be, sorry, just killing my, my notifications here. We'll be doing these uh, MSP community block parties. Um, and you can see uh, there will be later on in the year. There's three planned right now, and we'll notify you on where those will be. And uh, you know, those are always fun. So, uh, without further ado, that's the um, that's the housekeeping. We do have a guest that's going to come on later on, uh, a little bit later in the show. So until then, uh, I'm going to kind of go radio format like we've done in the past for the people that are on the live, and we can talk a little bit more about. Uh, how things have progressed in IT land. It's now been almost a full two weeks since, you know, the news uh, and, you know, that's kind of rippling through the industry. I know uh, Big Red, Robin Robbins, had had a, uh, a panel uh, of uh, other companies up there, including uh, Rob Ray, which we all know and love. And uh, I know that uh, Fred was uh, from, you know, from uh, Kaseya was interviewed by Robin. I haven't had a chance to... Um, go back and actually get access to those yet. I'm sure they're floating around the internet somewhere. I can surely tell you that along the tour, many people have had uh, opinions about what's going on. And, and as we've seen people in person, MSPs along the way, um, small, big in between, everybody's um, got a slightly different strategy going right now. Um, a lot, some people are in the wait and see, some people are in the, I'm not going to wait and see. We already have, know the track record. Of, of other companies in the past. And then some people are like one foot in, one foot out. So then there's other people who are like, I don't deal with any of these people, I'm okay. So I would love to hear now that time has passed, have anybody um, you know, expanded their thoughts on where you stand and ultimately um, what you've looked into what your concerns are, what you've heard. I'm sure different people have had different conversations along the way. Uh, where, where do we stand? Darren, our favorite guy who I, you know, loves to chime in on these things. I think we're going to see you later on today, Darren. How are you doing? Um, I just got off my first flight. I'm, I'm walking through the airport as I connect. Uh, so yeah, I'm, it might be a little loud, but yes, uh, you know, my thoughts are pretty clear and Oh, I, I didn't really fully express them last time, but, um, you know, there's things that are inevitable that you have to realize and adapt to. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing. So we're, uh, in that process now and plan to continue it. 
Um, so, I understand. So, 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 so Darren, there, there's a quick question, right? How's it feel to go sure. through an airport without a mask there, pal? Oh, actually, I, actually so I mean, I've, I've done, I don't know, 150 flights uh, so far. I mean, since COVID and since masks, I, I feel like you're over that individual segment. And um, so I've become quite used to it and it feels incredibly, incredibly weird, uh, but also amazing. So it's a, it's a breath of fresh air, literally. So that's, that's yes. great to see. So you, so Darren, I mean, you, I don't think you were in on the original call when we started yeah, talking. Yeah, just the about first few minutes, I, I had to, I had to leave. So yeah. Yeah, you were on another plane. Um, so you have a yeah. good amount with data, right? I think you're, you're, you know, you have some data networking. You have some. I think you're on some of the data PSA RMM potentially. I know you have the BDR products out there. So like you got. You got a lot there. Um, that's a lot to unwind. Like where, you know, are you looking at each product separately? Well, like yeah, your... so, so, here, so here, as I'm looking for where this hotel attached to the Minneapolis airport actually is, I'm uh, multitasking here, um, taking a couple hour, uh, you know, kind of workplace there. But uh, anyway, um, we have everything that you could possibly have essentially. Um, and my concerns are, you know, my concern, I'm not worried about the PSA. We don't use the PSA in a way that most do. Um, so it's not as critical. I'm not worried about RMM yet. Um, and we actually do really like that RMM, I will say. I mean, it was a, a long process of evaluation and adoption and implementation. So that's not my bigger concern. It's, it's the backups that I'm focusing on, the BDR stuff that is where I'm most concerned because um, we just can't have that is stuff that, not is work. That, is that the hard, assuming that's the hardest, do you feel like that's the most important one or is that the hardest one to change? I, I actually think it, it, it's, it's, it's the most important, but also not the hardest to change um, in, in looking into the solutions I've been looking into, which I can name or not name if you would prefer, but- um, Totally up can, to you. No, no, yeah, no I, I, I think, yeah. So I, I have, you know, interestingly, the company that I'm looking at when I was first making the decision to go with Datto, um, many, many, many years ago, this was the other company that I also had been looking at. But at the time, I felt it was not nearly as evolved or as, you know, good. I didn't see the momentum that I saw with Datto, so I went to Datto and didn't look back with. Uh, with that stuff. But now as I'm looking at Axiant, I am pleasantly surprised to see lots of things there. And also from talking to many others that have even before this were making the switch for one reason or another. And it gives, that gives me a lot of confidence, people that I respect and trust in this industry. Um, so yeah, that is where I'm, that is where I'm looking. And I don't think it'll be as painful as some might think with the exception of trying to figure out your historic historic situation um but you know that's the one kind of hurdle that's most um you know most difficult i, I will say we are going to be testing it extensively and you know we're, we're not going to just do a blind you know even though i've heard good things and i, I know they have a solution that's comparable uh, i'm not going to just go in and and uh do a mass switch over i'm going to do it kind of over over time, uh, but get that process started now so that we can be, you know, we can be in a spot where we're, we're, we can walk away before the inevitable, the inevitable changes come to, uh, you know, come to pass, which uh, for those, that, yeah. So in your conversations, as you've been evaluating other solutions, um, are the, you know, how are the terms looking? Is it, you know, more friendly to you know to to msp or is it more of that industry kind of three year five year like did they hear it like i'm just curious are you seeing the business model more msp friendly or are you seeing it more kind of vcpe model no it, it it seems very friendly i mean i i'm as i'm getting into it um i i don't see anything i don't see any red flags uh any red flags yet um so i mean it looks it looks pretty good 
what about the hardware, right? I mean, you know, you have boxes out there um, and obviously with supply chain issues, you know, like replacing stuff's probably not gonna happen instantly. Um, are you gonna be able to potentially repurpose or are you gonna have to replace? Well, one of the things I didn't realize, which is that, because we do prefer the device model, um, even, uh, well, you know, in, in basically all cases. So um, we, you actually can repurpose some of the devices, which I was not aware of, um, but I'm also not opposed to getting new devices. Interestingly, we're at a point where we have a lot of older devices. This was going to be a big year of refresh on those devices, which so uh, kind of works out as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'll probably be doing some of both. Okay. This is, this is interesting news. So it sounds like you're concentrating on the BDR, you know, situation. Yeah. I assume the networking switches, access points. I mean, I listen, mean, anybody that's used networking with Datto has known that that's been a bit of a weak spot for a while. And although we have a lot of it out there, it's something that will have to be deployed over time. And also, I don't think that it's nearly as much of a risk as, as the backup stuff. Um, it's also a lot harder to go into, you know, to go into a location and be like, hey, I've got to change all your, you know, I got to change all your, your network gear. Whereas the backup thing in, in many cases now could basically happen transparently if I wanted it to but I will not make it transparent because I want people to understand what's, what's going on. I, I like to let people know who their, who their vendors are, if they're interested in knowing, and um, many of them are. So, um, I mean, I operate in, you know, New York and Connecticut where, you know, Connecticut is where data is. And I, I have, you know, a lot of clients within a short radius of, of data and they kind of know that story and, are familiar with them. So, um, so yeah, I'm, uh, okay, so, so my, you know, so if the big concern from your perspective is, can you get all of this done before, you know, theoretically we know nothing, but let's be, let's be realistic. We're working backwards from what has happened in the past. If a terms of service changes and all of a sudden, um, you have basically zero time to make a change which means you have between now and whenever the deal closes uh, upstairs, do you have enough time to get the job done? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, that's why we're moving now. And for, you know, what, what I've heard a lot of is, you know, we're going to wait and see and see what the changes are going to be. And we're going to talk to them and they're going to keep doing, you know, they're going to keep telling us stuff. First of all, as we know, they can't tell us much. If, if anything tangible because of the, the rules around this kind of thing and and i would venture to say they will anything they do tell you will be overwhelmingly positive of course i mean there's not going to be a negative thing said but just look at the history look at the you know just look at you don't have to do much to figure it out so and i you know it's very very simplistic if you break it down to its core its core situation this is a pre-ipo company that was going to go public last year that is going to do everything they can to get as much new revenue as they can while cutting costs at the same time so they can get their roadshow and be like, hey, look at what we've got. Look at what we've done in the last six months to a year. You know, and then all bets are off once they once they go public. That is my opinion. So okay. and, you know, I think things could be debatably even worse. So 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 do you so big picture, you believe you're gonna be able to Flip the switch on your backup BDR story. You're going to let the networking ride. You think you're going to be able to just phase that out over time. But then yeah. you, you still have PSA and RMM on the back end, which used to run your business to some degree. Right. What, or what happens if you're locked in for a while on that? Uh, you know, so we're probably in some kind of contract on RMM now. I, I, that might be on the longer side because to get – at the time, I, I have to, I, I should know, but I, I think we're in something. And, um, but I won't, you know, the, the, the PSA situation is such that um, it's really, I, I almost can't imagine making that change as much as I have issues with it. You know, the history in there, it just, uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't have the answer to that one yet. I really don't know. Um, I don't know what that will, what that will look like yet, but my, again, my concern being reliability and functionality of, you know, backups, which are, I mean, so critical given the security environment we've talked about for the last several years, that's where I have to worry and focus my energy on at this point. Fair. That's, I mean, that's the journey of somebody who's got a lot of, lot in, in, in data land. And that's, and that's one road for, for, you know, that's being taken. Anybody else want to throw their, their hat in the ring on what their thoughts are, where you're at, are you affected? You know, what, what research you've done? I mean, everyone can unmute uh, if they want and, and jump in. No, nope, everybody's scared today. About my good friend Tim, Tim Tolman. How you there? How you doing there, buddy? Doing well, thank you, George. How are you doing? Oh, uh, hanging in there. I'm sure the weather in San Diego is much better than Ohio. I, oh, it's horrible here. It's like 76 degrees, a light breeze, and not a cloud in the sky. It's horrible. Yeah, you're in a great place. We we all know that. Um, <laughs> Tim, do you have do you have anything in Dado Land and um? What do you and if you do, what are your thoughts? If you're if you don't, I still want to hear your thoughts. We we don't have anything in in Dettoland. We use <clears throat> another provide well, actually two different providers for different parts of the puzzle. And um, but as I you know sent you off a private email, you know, we our experiences with Kaseya are exactly what I'm hearing, and that's why I'm on these calls, <clears throat> because we start out with Kaseya and ConnectWise and our experience with Kaseya was that, you know, we weren't getting technical support. Um, they would marry a product and then unmarry the product and then marry another product. And this was both with backup, it was with AV, it was with all sorts of different things. And it was just, you know, we're a really small company and it became way too chaotic for us to try to keep up. We were spending, you know, hundreds of, of hours just learning new product or deciding whether we wanted to keep the old product, even though it was no longer supported by Kaseya. And so we came to the conclusion after, I don't know, probably about two and a half, three years that Kaseya was, you know, there was no future for us with Kaseya. So we changed. And, um, you know, we've been happy with that change. And uh, again, no data, no data, but I mean, everything I'm hearing from these calls and from other conversations that we've had is, uh, I agree with with um, the previous speaker, and I'm sorry about that. Darren, with yeah. Him. Well, Darren, thank you is that the writing's on the wall in our experience, and hopefully that's not true and it will change, but um, you know, past 10, 12, 14 years is, is pretty indicative that, that things may not be smooth. When you, you're, you're, when you're a smart man, I, I just want to agree. I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing the same stuff I'm seeing and the stuff that is readily available without doing much, uh, without doing much looking, I mean, you know, Kaseya is a sales machine. I have never had any company market to me more aggressively, more consistently than they do. And that should tell you something. Most of their products have been bought by others and have uh, debatably not developed as quickly or as fully as they would have elsewhere. Of course, they will say that's not true, but we, we see it with our own experience and stuff that we're locked into with them now that we're not originally under their umbrella so completely uh, Tim, how how long ago did you make the switch off off Kaseya uh, Kaseya about um and again it's going from memory and mine's not as good as it used to be but about uh eight years eight eight about eight years ago eight, eight or yeah about okay. eight years ago we moved so this, so this was still this was I mean eight years ago you're talking about this was before they really started huge, just rapid fire acquisition mode. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what Darren said about marketing, uh, the, you know, the, uh, they're no longer marketing to us because we're probably on their DNC list and their CRM, which was hard to get on. But um, the other company that just marketing fireball drives us nuts sometimes is Barracuda, but we do use some of their products and uh, they work really well once you get them off your off the sales off your back sales well let's, let's talk about them for a second they just got acquired mm -hmm. they did and we've noticed um essentially nothing in the in the space we use essentials for a segment of our clients and 
they acquired Intronus and we've been working with Intronus for years and years for certain specific applications. And uh, we've really noticed nothing on the technical side that that's uh, raising red flags to us. So the red flags with Datto, again, we don't have Datto, but it's the history with, with Kaseya that's, uh, that's been the issue. No, totally understand. I'm um, going to pick on somebody else. Anne, Anne you, you want to jump on and talk a little bit? Or she might be hiding behind the scenes. I'm going to pick it up. There you go. Hi, Anne. There I am. Um, yeah, hey there. Um, I was kind of doing a little work on the side here. And uh, yeah, definitely I'm concerned about changes in terms. Um, so we're heavy into where Datto BDR users, Autotask, PSA. Um, so we have a lot invested in this. And it's, um, you know, I just feel the pain that everybody feels like it's very tough um, with everything that goes on day to day in an MSP. It's very tough to deal with any sort of change that's just thrust upon us. And I, I do agree. I get a lot of calls from Kasey. I love um, like the powered services. There's a lot of great things that they do, but I'm concerned about um, we work with true small business, not even a lot of SMBs, like really true small business. And we, we don't have any, we don't use three-year terms with them. Things, you know, things change. They stick with us forever because they like our service. But if more onerous terms are going to be introduced, that just doesn't work with our business model. And I guess they're saying that's not going to happen, but um, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that they've come out and said, hey, there's certain things we can talk about, certain things we can. They seem to continue, like there was a, I, I was watching um, another podcast where some of the Kaseya folks were on and they're like, we need to do a better job training our salespeople and explaining the terms and the options because this is a sales problem, sales training problem, not necessarily a how we do business problem. And I, I a little bit scratched my head because, you know, there were legitimate, and I mean, to Darren's point, right? You don't have to look very far. You know, there were, there were acquisitions that were made where they made wholesale changes, right? You didn't have a choice other than leave or don't pay your next billing cycle or accept the new terms. And to me, that wasn't a sales training thing, but maybe moving forward, they're going to be like, Hey, you know, you can go, you know, the more in terms that you, and this is a SaaS thing, right? You know, the longer you commit, the better the price you get. Okay, fair. I mean, that's not a, 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 an un, unheard of strategy, but like there's an option, right? You have a choice here in these past acquisitions and we're not having to go back that far in this calendar that didn't seem to be an option it was a accept the new terms or don't use the solution so the problem is is that and Anna, i'd love to hear your opinion on this like back-end tools right and darren said hey psa rmm i may have to just they may be the last thing that i look at right because they may not be super customer visible in the way that they're running their business day to day, but like the other stuff is, you know, part of their, of their situation. You're, you're going to say, well, the customer doesn't go and look at the data unit every day. Fine. But, you know, given the, the, you know, and, and I'm referencing back to Darren's point, given, Hey, how critical backup is. And I know that's the primary thing data sells and they sell a bunch of other things, but given how critical that one item is, you're almost in a, in a, in a situation where you're putting a lot of labor out to maybe make a change where you're not going to necessarily benefit other than to maintain your terms. Yeah. I mean, I think like right now when you buy Datos and we love Datos and support, the support's been really good um, with them. Um, and, and if you invest in a longer term, you do get a better price, but you have that choice. You can go month to month, one year, two year, three year commitment, and you get a better deal. And or you know discount on hardware, et cetera. So if any um, vendor I think that comes out with an approach like that, like if you want to commit longer, you get a better price. But you know th they could do it the other way. Um, if you want to avoid this horrible price increase, then you know that's a different story because we didn't you know we don't plan. Um, that's not in our budgets for our customers. And generally, unless there's some like really great deal, we wouldn't commit to a long term. Yeah, I mean, like not to go backwards into maybe a, a past story, but if you're dealing with smaller business, right, let's call it, I don't know, sub 25 employees, let's say it. Um, how were you if like during pandemic times, those people were probably the most hit, right? Because, you know, depending on the, you know, their size business, they may have not had a lot of flexibility, right? To keep things going because 
small, usually smaller businesses don't have a lot of cash stocked and piled up somewhere, right? Um, so moving forward, right, I think there's probably a lot of worriedness and, and even the Microsoft changes of, re, of late, <clears throat> I got to think there's been a lot of worry some of, hey, well, I don't know where my business is going to go. I may hire, I may shrink. Like, we're just got to play it by feel, right? I mean, that's got to be what they're thinking. Yeah, I mean, our general with the um, the Microsoft changes, we've pretty much been on month to month and we've advised our clients. We sort of presented it as you could get better pricing by committing long-term. And we think that for a small business, just with the changes and uncertainty, um, the month to month works better. It does cost a little bit more. Um, but, you know, again, that's something that, uh, you know, Microsoft is Microsoft and they put something out there and we all have to deal with it. And that's the way it is. And then I've heard rumors, and I don't know, you know, rumors true or not true, that they're going to start rating partners to figure out like sure. who's worthy and who's not. So that's a, that's another change. I think as these um, the, the partners that they we work with them, when when they become big and powerful, we don't really we don't have a lot of different choices. And our our customers, um, you know, working with the small business space, they're used to dealing very. Um, uh, say, say, like I'm thinking about one of our customers right now, 10 person accounting firm, they have very close relationships with their customers. And they expect to be working with a company like us that has very, you know, a very one to one relationship with them gets to know them and not, you know, we're not the big brother, the, you know, like, we, we just can't walk in there and say, okay, now you're, you know, the new way we're doing business is you're locked in for three years. And this is how it is. Like, that's just not the way the relationship works. And a lot of the small businesses, yeah, they were really hit hard by the pandemic. We've got a great customer that's a um, really amazing uh, catering company. And they were, they were just devastated. And they kept on skeleton staff. And we worked with them to try to, you know, discount, just to keep them moving through it. And um, they're tremendously talented and they're going to bounce back. But that's a business that was hugely impacted by the pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, so, so, so let me throw this at you, Ann. What if... Um, the Kaseya data folks take a, a page out of the Microsoft book. They come to you and say, hey, we're going to immediately increase pricing on all of the month to month by 20 to 40%, whatever, right? Just get throw a number out there. Uh, but if you agree to three years, we'll discount your pricing from where you're at. Yeah, um, three years is too long. That's too long for me. And I would you know, a one-year term, I'd consider, I, I just, um, so much changes in technology in three years. It's just too, and I can understand why they want to do it, but. I'm going to jump in too. Yeah, too and I'll, sorry yeah. to talk over you, but you know, that's a big thing too. I have a lot of clients that have servers that, you know what, they're going to be end of life in a maybe one to three year period. And there's no way I'm going to commit to having a BDR solution for them when I might move them completely to, you know, to the cloud, which obviously has been happening for a long time, but there's not, there's also a case to not always do that. So, I mean, it's getting into a, a contract, anything more than a year, I would say with that kind of situation now, which is just, at least for me, it makes no sense at all. You know, the other side of it is it's been, I, it may have just been mentioned, I was uh, moving around here, but I mean, they're going to push the Datto brand in it's going to be sold direct. They've already said that. And it's going to be, if you think people, I mean, Dado is not necessarily a household name now, but you know, since you say his brand, despite what they may think is so unpopular, you know, they're going to push Dado in every possible way, shape and form, which, you know, I don't necessarily want that either. I don't need that. I mean, I, I know enough to pick the vendors for my clients and to, and to be the one doing that, but I, I don't need them to make it into um, overexposure, so to speak, for which which they've done with some other products that I, they've acquired. So, and this so, one will be... So, there, so Darren, I, did I miss it? Did they actually say publicly they plan to sell data direct to... Uh, I have been... some Somebody that has been talked about on a couple of spots. So that's not from me, but that's from, from things I've read, which I believe is, I, I think is accurate. I, I'm not saying that authoritative, but I have read that in a couple of places. So, which would be another reason to not, for obvious reasons, to not keep them around. Yeah. Well, 
Oh, that's it. I may have been under a rock because I hadn't heard that one. And it's tough to decipher what's rumor. I mean, they did emphatically say that Datto brand's really strong. They have awesome support and they're going to continue that. Um, but gosh, the, so that's definitely something I want to look at if they're going to if they're going to go direct. That makes things pretty complicated. Um, well, I mean, they have awesome support and, because they have the people that enable that support. I'm talking about starting at the top all the way down. Yeah. And, yeah. And the likelihood, in my opinion, that all of those people will remain, I mean, over the long term is it, it just doesn't seem if you look at every, what happens with every other situation where a company has this kind of thing. And I don't think there actually is one you can even compare this to, um, given you're, you're going from, you know, uh, I, I won't even say what I'm going to say. So anyway, uh, they, this is a well, different one, I mean, but still I mean, the people, the people have to remain and the costs have to be, you know, they have to not want to, when they look at what that level of support costs and I, they don't have full visibility into that. Now there's no way that they could. So I think yeah. it will be, wait a second, hold on. We, we can, we can cut support costs by 40%. We can take out these data centers you're paying for. We can put the stuff in Amazon's cloud. That's a lot cheaper. I mean, well, just hold on, them. hold on. Let me, let me reply to a couple of things there. One, moving anything into Amazon's cloud when you already have, like the reason data has been able to do and other companies like that has been able to do what they're doing is because once you get to a certain threshold in public cloud, the costs are diminishing, right? You, you actually make, you actually save money by going the other way. Now there's volume yeah. involved, right? So let's be fair. Right. A part of that is definitely volume and their volume is way higher than that volume. I mean, so take that for, for what it's worth too. Okay. There's, there's always, when you take two large organizations and try and smash them together, that takes time. And probably, I mean, and we've seen examples of, uh, you know, in, you know, not that far away, right? There was, um, you know, Autotask and Datto. That's one example. There's ConnectWise and Continuum. That's another example. There's um, Kaseya and pick whatever acquisition they've had, right? It takes, I don't know, a couple of years, right? To like, number one, let things run, evaluate what's there, figure out where the overlap is, and then decide what makes sense. But to your point, Darren, you know, like maybe they come to you and Ann and everyone else and say, hey, what, what about a one-year deal so that your pricing doesn't go up? Ann says one year is probably okay, three's not, right? Maybe you say the same, Darren. But like if the organization's going to take at least 18 months, 24 months to flush out what the changes are going to be, maybe there's runway there. That's a fair point. And, but at the same time, I think they're going to do things as quickly as possible to increase the, if it wasn't for the IPO that they very publicly talked about and desired for, for last year, if that wasn't so such a prominent thing that factors in to this whole situation, I would say maybe you're right. But given that, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. Thank you to just build up, just build up as much as they can and lock people in as quickly as they can. So yeah, I mean, but from a from a is the product going to be supported standpoint? I mean, there's there's a learning curve, right? I can't expect that they're like to say it's now a very large organization when you think about the headcount, right? I mean, Joe P from uh, Channel EDE Penitary started listing what the organizational headcount is once you look at the landscape, right? And like, I was talking to a couple other kind of sales leaders in the industry. And it's interesting, like when you add up all of those companies, right? You take all the guy, the big guys in the sandbox, SolarWinds Enable, I guess they're now Enable now, sorry, Enable MSP, right? Or, um, and then, you know, the now combined Datto Kaseo, assuming that gets done, uh, ConnectWise, uh, Barracuda, all these guys, right? Um, Ninja, it works out to something like 10,000 employees across all of those companies. Go back and check the article. It's on channeled.com. 10,000 employees as a, as a, as an ecosystem, it's kind of small in comparison to enterprise, right? Like the Microsofts and the Apples and the SAPs and all those things. So just, you know, while, while we are going to feel it from a, because we deal with these companies every day in the overall, you know, scheme of the of of all the businesses out there in te the technology space it's relatively small if you think about it but it does take time and quite frankly if they're if they're talking about reducing headcount darren you know i just don't think it's realistic for them to take support and technical people from other business units and in a 
three, six, nine, 12 month period shift that, you know, support over and keep the, I'm sure your point is, that's what I'm trying to say. They're not going to be able to keep the quality and consistency up. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it at all. Uh, it just takes time for that training to occur. Yeah. I think the, the thing that really differentiated, oh, as, okay. as I was saying, the service has been such a big differentiator for Datto. So it would be, that would be a tough one. If they cut that, I think the, the product loses a lot. Um, but it would be interesting if, you know, if there's filing for an IPO, boy, the temptation is large to say, why, why aren't, you know, to investors and that they have fiduciary responsibility to investors, like sell this direct. Right. Well, that's, that's exactly it. The so whole, that, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Temptation yep. might be too big because Austin McCord always said it would be channeled. You know, they work with MSPs always, but that's kind of long gone. Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, Kaseya, let's go back to Kaseya, right? Their original product, the one Tim was using it back eight years ago, VSA. That's the one Darren keeps on bringing back and, and probably our friend Brian Weiss and a couple other people, right? That's the, the hack from 2021. Uh, hopefully all of that thing, all of those plugs have been, you know, you know, uh, at least duct taped over or cemented or whatever uh, analogy you want to use. But um, they have traditionally sold a lot of their products, even the companies they've acquired to internal IT. I mean, that's not a secret. I mean, if you actually ask Kaseya about their conference, right? The actual, forget, you know, Glue X for a second. That's one of their conferences that, that's been moved, I think, to Miami from Phoenix. Uh, put that off to the side a second. Put, put all the other sub-brands uh, in like a bubble. Their big conference has historically been in Vegas. I think it's going to be in Vegas for at least the next three or four years. Um, when you ask about the attendance at their own conference, they'll say it's about 50, you know 60%. MSP 40% internal IT, right? So those are those are businesses on the street that just acquire those technologies directly. So, so to, that, to that point, you know, Darren, if you have heard, and I would love to, you know, get a, I, again, I, this is something I read. I, I don't want to, I'm certainly not authoritative on it at all. It's something that no. was just, it was read somewhere. I thought I saw it in two places, but I mean, and I don't, by the way, I don't think but, they would tell you that. And I don't think they would necessarily tell you one way or the other. It'll just be something that if they're not saying it now, but let's say they're not, it could just happen overnight. If you look at the track record, as you just explained, you're now in a situation where Austin vision is so far gone that, I mean, you're, you're basically, you've done a full 360 but, from that. But to be no fair, Darren, right. Um, Datto made acquisitions. Datto bought Open Mesh for their networking. Datto bought Backupify for their SaaS backup. And there were enterprise companies that were, you know, they couldn't transition in some cases to a partner. And they continued dealing with those companies to keep their stuff running. I, I know it's not exactly the same, but like I'm sure somewhere in the overall scheme of things, if you're large enough, right? Like if the majority of MSPs are surveyed and let's say even the bigger guys deal with, you know, uh, 800 and below, let's just, or a thousand or below, let's use that number. A thousand and above, maybe they would deal with them directly because the chances of that customer uh, kind of company competing with the downstream MSP is very low. I mean, do you agree with that? I, I, yeah, without a doubt. But I, but I think that if you're looking for, if you right, if you're looking for maximum revenue generation for your shareholders, then you will take every method possible to get there. And I, that's just, that's, you know, I, I think you're trying to say, cut off your nose and spite your face, right? Hey, you know, like uh, money at all yeah. costs. I mean, everything we've seen from, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's okay. just, yeah. All right. I, I, I hear, I hear you, Darren. And thanks, Ann, for driving in there. Um, Brian, you're you're quiet. I'm gonna pick on you. Are you out there? Maybe Brian's uh, just what listening and yeah to everybody else chat a little bit. Um, Jaya, you're out there too. Would love to hear your thoughts if you're if you're around the unmute button. I'm here now. 
Oh, okay. Hi, Brian. Hey. So you've been hearing all of the chatter so far. Where where are you at in the mix? Well, um, when we first got involved, we hated Datto from the get-go because they were uh, snake oil salesmen always trying to push hardware on you, and that was years ago. So um, we're sort of different. We uh, we went to Veeam. We tried a few things, like the product that uh, Kaseya bought and is now selling. It didn't yeah, work for us, trend, so we, right? uh, we're a Veeam partner, and we have our own cloud storage in two places, and we just keep all the money instead of sending 80% in. Interesting, but it does take time to maintain that now. Yeah, but a lot of this stuff is set and forget, and we get reports every morning of what failed, what what worked. So okay. it's working. It's working fairly well. So it and, sounds like uh, you're totally yeah, like you're not you're not affected at all unless you're utilizing no, stuff internally, right? We have IT glue from Kaseya, and you're right. They call you all the time, and they rotate salespeople, and they're always trying to give you a deal to uh, buy one of their products. Um, we use ConnectWise normally. We found that if you get products from ConnectWise, they can't really support them. So we went to PAX 8 for um, most of our products. Now we're at PAX 8. You're talking about like third-party products. Yeah, like Bitdefender. We had okay. a, quite a few seats of that. We asked them for support. It was just horrible. And uh, PAX 8 has a different attitude where they have specialists and we transferred everything there because we've had a good experience with PAX 8. So when you have a product like Veeam or Bitdefender, are you buying Veeam through PAX 8 as well? Um, I'm not sure because we were a direct cloud partner. I'm not uh, okay. responsible for that. I just know what products we're using. Got it. So, but when you're engaging PAX 8, PAX 8 supporting some of those products before you actually work with the vendor support. Well, we've been with Veeam such a while, so I'm not sure if we, we moved it to PAX 8 or not. Got it. But we've been doing Veeam uh, for three, four years. Okay. What you, and what about PSA RMM? Uh, we're using ConnectWise. Okay. And uh, what's it called this week? Um, control. What yeah. is it? Uh, so you're talking about um, automate control. I know another new one is not real, like Asiogo a, a or I forget the exact pronunciation. We started Lab Tech. That's how long ago we started, yeah, and just yeah. keeps getting new names as we go forward. Yeah, I think and that's still automate. Yeah, I really don't know where they're going because they're even calling us to try and sell us Continuum. They don't have any, um, don't seem to have any vision of where they're going. Hmm. Have you seen any of the continuum side stuff? Uh, a long time ago, not recently, but you know we're really entrenched with the ConnectWise products. I don't know where they're going. If they're trying to sell it as a separate product, as well as ConnectWise, you're really not, they're going to have to come up with a merge somehow. A merge yeah, product. I, I think that's what this new product is, is you know, the one that they rebranded or kind of launched at uh, IT Nation in November. I think that's like the, you know, the, that all coming together a little bit. Is it soup yet? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Brian. I haven't seen it in order to say whether it makes sense or not. I know it's still really new. Um, and I just haven't really had a chance to like see if the car runs. But I mean, just like Darren's doing, right? He's going out there, you know, checking, you know, kicking tires to see what's viable, what's not. I mean, I think everybody, you know, like I can only assume the conversation there, right? Hey, there's Automate, there's Continuum. Obviously, they're moving towards this new brand, this new kind of combined solution. At some point, does Automate get sunset, right? Does a product just go end of life? I mean, they haven't announced that that. So we, we see that better. going to uh, going to Intune. Okay. You know what I mean? As far as when that becomes better, we'll probably migrate to Intune since it's part of the 365 stack. Yeah, and then Lighthouse and uh, a lot of the other stuff that sits on top of that. That's interesting. And we don't see how those guys, the firing managers, are going to be able to compete against that. Well, I think, like, there has been APIs into some of that stuff, right? I think Enable was the first one to announce that, and then others have started to kind of roll down that lane, right, where Microsoft's provided them API access so that they can actually kind of merge the experience together a little bit. But, but um 
you know, that, that does, you know, that does beg the question. If you're all in on three, six, five, obviously their, their partner programs change and mention partner scoring, yep. you still qualify, but uh, assuming that that's the route, I mean, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Now we, we viewed Microsoft's changes as um, not that they're trying to scare the customers, but they were trying to stop poaching as far as um, trying to uh, people trying to churn your customers. Now there's only one time a year you can churn someone's customers. That's in, that's interesting because, um, like, listen, for, there, there's any number of reasons why people break up, right? Like from a provider and an end customer. And like, sometimes it's just, they can't, you know, to, you know, Anne's working with slightly smaller accounts. Maybe they ran into a bad patch. They can't afford it. Right. Or, um, maybe it's, you know, new management came in and they want to go with their guy or whatever, right? Something bad happened. They're just not happy with the service. But, you know, that that makes it hard for people to leave you, but it also makes it hard for you to get new people too. That's true. That's true. But we'll just wait with the date written down. Yeah. You can say, hey, we're going to leave everything except for that. We'll deal with that later. Kind of yeah, thing. just pick the date and say, we'll do that later. Yeah, no, that's fair. I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, I, I just wanted to toss in real quick on, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Microsoft is going to do in this space. In terms of the, because um, we were a long-term continuum partners and then that became part of ConnectWise. And from what I've seen is there's some really good work to um, pull together the best of, kind of the best of both worlds on those. And also the new work with um, the architecture to tie together a whole bunch of different pieces. I think good things are really going to come out of that. So um, but, you know, Microsoft's the wild card out there for the future. Who knows? I mean, it's funny. Um, funny. It's interesting. So Dave Sobel, right? It's pretty loud guy out there at times. You know, MSP Radio. He came out and said last week, kind of like underneath of all, all the noise that we've been talking about in this, in this session, uh, both Apple and Microsoft had formally in, you know, announced their RMM style solutions for business. So, and then... I think I saw in Joe Panettieri's kind of like daily posting from Channel EDE, Microsoft has started re releasing consulting options for small business direct as well. So this direct, Apple, George, indirect thing is starting to get really gray. George, Apple, I mean, that app, what they're referring to with the Apple thing, you know, Apple basically has small business, you know, MDM, but it, it does a lot of different things that we just tried to sign up for it for just to try it out for a client. And there's a, the, the basically the response is that we're overwhelmed with demand. It's going to take some time for us to get back to you and, you know, activate your account. And that's been over a week so far. And we have una been unable to, <laughs> and I, I mean, which for Apple to have that kind of situation is kind of like, whoa. <laughs> so um, I, I don't, you know, it's definitely, and Microsoft already essentially has this, so. It's, uh... my, my big concern, and, and you know, you guys mentioned usually when you see MSP surveys and uh, I, it's like polling, right? It's a, it's a sampling. You know, one of the top things, and we've heard it in this session, other than pricing, is support. Historically, Microsoft support and Apple support, not stellar. So, how, you know, now you're relating that to the MSP. If the support's not there, do you adopt that? I mean, Brian, you said, hey, we may do into, right? So. Um, yeah, but we would do it through PAX 8 where they could support us. Okay, fair enough. You know enough. what I mean? I, I, so. I, I agree with that approach. And, and I should say this too, we're we're looking, when we're when I talked about earlier with Axian, is we would definitely do it through PAX 8 because we, we're trying to consolidate stuff with them. And, and it's nice to have another layer without a doubt of people that you know are just there to help and as opposed to needing to rely 100 percent on you know on the vendor so fair enough tim welcome tim tim was our actual you know uh other speaker for today i'm gonna pull a couple of thoughts out of tim's head while we have a little bit of time left tim welcome thanks uh, George. tim's from net gain it uh they're actually going to be helping us again uh with uh hosting the channel strong tour uh so that you know not this week, because we're almost wrapping up here in Ohio, but next, the next week we go out, um, we'll be stopping by NetGain's uh, place, and we really appreciate that. We're happy to have you. Awesome. Tim, you know, um, the group here has been talking about kind of current events, 
And uh, I know NetGain has many locations and you've been acquiring MSPs. Um, if you're willing, I would love to hear your opinion on uh, the recent data Kaseya news and then kind of on a wider standpoint, how do you evaluate all of the vendor relationships as you're looking at, you know, all of these MSPs that you've put together because there's different terms, there's different, you know, situations on how people have adopted their stack. And like, I got to assume that, uh, you know, we've talked about it, you know, in the past, maybe not with you directly, but you as a larger entity probably have a little bit more negotiating capability than a smaller individual MSP. Sure. Um, the, the one thing I have realized as it pertains to Kaseya and Datto is that it's hard to, it's hard to guess at somebody's underwriting philosophy and what they view as a strategic acquisition. I think that the implications for partners is going to be really interesting because, and I think you saw some of this with the reaction that some folks from the Huntress team had, but I think that Kaseya as an aggregator um, has been acquiring and gobbling up a lot of different players that a lot of the channel partners have good relationships with. And um, for many of those players, folks haven't necessarily seen that um, drive the kinds of outcomes that they wanted to. So I think that there's, notable and and perhaps very, very real consternation among folks when they see a big provider like Datto go to Kaseya. But I think it's clear that a lot of the players who have significant capital behind them are playing the consolidation game, even if it doesn't necessarily on the surface fit perfectly in their core business model uh, or what they're trying to do. So, um, you know, I think, I think that the, the MSP space is one that is just everywhere witnessing consolidation, uh, distributors, vendors, uh, the people like us, um, it's just, it's just happening everywhere. So I'll be really curious to see whether or not the theses that these deals are underwritten with actually come to fruition. Um, as it pertains to us and getting some scale and some leverage, this has been one of the more confounding lessons that I have had to learn as we've gotten larger is that in a lot of cases, when we try and explore synergies with partners, we find that the opposite ends up being true, that the MSPs that we've acquired have nice grandfathered in prices with vendors that they've worked with for you know 10 years. And when those vendors were trying to grow, they gave great deals to people. And that by asking for them to come under the net gain umbrella, what it ends up doing is it puts us on the, the account exec's radar for the first time in 10 years. And he realizes we've been getting this sweet deal that we uh, otherwise wouldn't have been getting. So I've actually found more often than not that dis-synergies are what we, we see when we try and negotiate with a lot of these vendors, which again is one of the reasons why ServiceNow is eating up a lot of good market share because I, th I think ServiceNow is really being savvy about how they're delivering on uh, increasing scale advantages to partners. So, and I don't mean that as a, as a knock on ConnectWise necessarily. It's not kind of what I'm here to do, but um, it's just been a fascinating experiment uh, that way, but there have been certainly relationships that we've been able to leverage um, largely on the distributor side where distributors get what we're doing. They get the purchasing scale. They sort of get the, the, the fact that despite the fact we're allowing our entities to operate autonomously from one another, that there is some real parent-child relationship that exists there. So that's where we've seen it better. Same with you know financing uh, and things of that nature. Less so on the, you know, ConnectWise, Logic Monitor, um, any of those tool, Arctic Wolf, any of those sort of tool and service providers, we've, we've had less success getting any sort of real synergies, which I hope will change. Yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, it's very intriguing that you said that, right? It's like, hey, we're not going to upset the beehive. We're just going to let it run because we may be artificially increasing our price if we go and ask. I, almost counterintuitive to some degree, right? Because you would hope that with more volume, there's more flexibility for you guys to have a more strategic partnership, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, and and it has been very a very interesting insight. And who knows whether or not that'll be true forever. I think that the, the vendors are sort of just catching up a little bit to some of what they're seeing in the market. But yeah, it, it, it's been really interesting. And, and one of the things that I think we did not expect going into this strategy. Okay, so net gain is backed by 
uh, like a PEVC style situation. And like, obviously there, there's, you know, with, with any investor, you know, they expect numbers. So when you look at these majors, you know, kind of, you know, Hey, we're, we're going out there, we're raising billions of dollars to do these deals. I mean, the idea that things are going to stay, stay the same, um, you know, like I, I said, 24 months, right. I said 18 to 24 months for things to shake out. It always seems to be, that's the number, you know, whether they feel, Hey, we have redundancies and we can use some support from other places, some sales from other places. Is the executive team still going to be here? Do you feel that that's the right number or well, what's your experience? Not for us. So we, we are the, the name of our backer is evergreen services group. And that is their whole philosophy. So we we don't have a liquidity uh, turn and burn. Let's let's see what we can get out of this as quickly as we can. Uh, philosophy. We plan to hold the assets that we acquire forever, uh, in a, in a set, very similar model to sort of the Berkshire Hathaway holding company um, standpoint. So that's not what we're we're not in the business of trying to make businesses worse for the long term but make them look better in the short term, um, which is one of the reasons why we do what we do from a decentralization standpoint. So I'll just give you a good example. You know, when we, when we acquire an entity in, call it Columbus, Ohio, and it's, a, it's a, an entity that has, you know, eight days a week, eight to five, five days a week coverage, for instance, we don't automatically go in and tell that business, hey, we're going to turn you to 24 by 7, 365. And hey, you have to come onto our ConnectWise instance or hey, you have to do things the way that we do them. And the reason we don't is because we try and find high quality businesses in the first place. So we don't try and buy fixer uppers. We try and partner with great businesses that already have great retention, uh, good growth trajectories, et cetera. And that allows us to help MSPs in areas that they're usually not as good at institutional um, growth engine. So moving away from owner-led growth towards institutional sales and marketing, mature finance and accounting, um, which is something that I think a lot of times uh, MSPs, less mature MSPs struggle with, and scale advantages of benefits. So HR, recruiting, all those things. But anything that's client facing, we really don't touch. We, we try and leave alone because at the end of the day, these people have been doing something right. You know, their customers sign up for something. They are familiar with the brand. There was an aggregator strategy in the early 2000s um, of HVAC consolidators that uh, tried to integrate everything and make everything look the exact same and then eventually went bankrupt. And someone went and bought all those assets, flipped them back to their old brands and absolutely crushed it because people have an affinity for the local brand, for the orange t-shirts, to the techs who they get to call a certain name, to the way they put their tickets in. So the thing we're trying to preserve is good client relationships, good employee relationships. And in some cases that can, uh, you know, centralization and integration is sort of like, you know, weeds. We have to continually be fighting them back because people really think they want it to occur. So that's been what we've done. It's interesting. I when this all started, I originally brought up the hey, there's Toyota and there's Lexus, and then there's Honda and there's Acura. I mean, I've, I've you know, if these guys have been following me, I've been watching the foods that built America, and then you start to see these major food conglomerates, right? Where all of a sudden the cereal's still the same name, the you know, the cookie's still the same name, the bread is still the same name, but hey, there's this big conglomerate on top of them that you wouldn't even know because when you go down the aisle in the supermarket, it's still whatever, Lucky Charms, Frosted sure. Plate, whatever. It kind of sounds like what you're talking about, right? Like the brand has value and it doesn't make sense to dilute that. Yeah, and frankly, we believe that the people closest to the customer have the best information for how to drive value. So far be it from me, you know, sitting with a cursory view of a business to tell a business owner, hey, this is what I think is the right thing for your customers. Most of the time, even if the seller of the business doesn't stick around, most of the time the local team is going to know better what customers want and how to grow their business than I could ever dream to. Um, so that's that's what we believe unlocks the most long-term potential. And we're willing to leave some of these very sexy synergies on the table because we think that the customer experience is what's most important. So hypothesize for me then. Sure. Why, why wouldn't the software companies in this in, in our sandbox, in our space, 
use that strategy versus what seems to be happening? I think that a lot of times when you when you're underwriting a deal and you're saying, here's the, the thing that I'm going to pay for this business. Um, in order for you to be able to pay that a high price in many cases, you have to say the cost structure of the business is going to be why once we acquire it or the revenue structure of the business is going to be why once we acquire it. So in a lot of cases, the, the fundamental business case that was used to buy this business or acquire this asset bakes in projected synergies, cost reductions, headcount reductions, et cetera. We don't do that. We, we, you know, we bake in, if, if we did nothing to this business, would we be happy to own it? Very interesting. Well, I folks, I it you know, we didn't get a lot of time with Tim, but like really interesting to hear somebody who is playing with outside money, right? Is playing with an outside finance and you know investment type company, but the strategy is diametrically different, right? At you know, at their at their place in the world versus versus what we're talking about. Tim, I can't wait to see you out. Uh, on the next, you know, tour, we're excited to jump out and see the neck gain. I'm really sorry. I was running behind. Uh, I really, really am sorry about that, George. And and for those of you I haven't had the opportunity to meet, it's, it's really good to meet you. Awesome. Well, Tim, we're gonna we're gonna talk soon again. I appreciate you jumping on even for a little bit, everyone. I appreciate you guys for sharing today. This session was recorded, so uh, it'll be on online shortly at MSPInitiative.com under sessions, and we'll catch you again Tuesdays and Thursdays, one o'clock Eastern time. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thank you.